to the LBCF podcast. Our vision is to learn to live and love like Jesus, where we live, work, and play. To find out more about our community, you can visit us at lbcf.org. We hope you are encouraged and challenged by this teaching from our community. Hey, you guys. Good morning. Okay, I had to make a decision today. Do I wear dangling earrings or do I wear the Britney Spears mic? I chose the mic, just so you know. Um, Just thinking about teaching this morning, um, what a gift it is for me to be able to give you guys my views on any small little portion of Scripture. It is a beautiful thing. And I was just thinking about how much I love that in this community we have a teaching team. We have a group of people who give of themselves, not because we're experts, not because we know the Bible inside and out and ask us any question and we'll be able to answer it because that is not true, but because we love the Bible and because we love Jesus. And I think most of all is because we love this community. And so we are willing, (laughs) we are willing to give whatever God is doing in us to you. And I hope that this morning that whatever I have to offer is received as a gift because that is what it is meant to be for each and every one of you. And next week is Halloween, but I won't be here because I'm in class next week. So today I wore my flying squirrel costume. (laughs) And it's also really good because if I get really cold, you know, I can double this baby. I mean, anyway, it's got a lot. It's very practical as well as kind of fun. And uh, fun is something that I was hoping that we could be together today. I mean, we've been talking about some serious things as we have been in this series of the Psalms of Ascent. And then we talked about joy and Alvia. Oh my gosh, you're still rocking my world with everything, every word that came from you and how you spoke about that joy in all those places where we don't feel it. And um, today we're going to talk about happiness. What? And even earlier, um, someone, Sam Smith, I won't mention her name, said, (laughs) she said, well, but happiness is fleeting. Yeah. And you know, that's really okay. And I I kind of see happiness as like that red stitch that shows up every so often in a sweater that I own. (laughs) But it's still there, and it's consistent. And so I think that that's what Jesus wants for us is... um, He wants kind of this crazy happiness that also comes in one hand when life is in the other, and life is always in that other hand. Um, We have all, all of us on the teaching team, as we have been working in this particular series, the Psalms of Ascent, which if you don't know, it's Psalm 120 to Psalm 135, 134, sorry. We've all been using this particular text as a commentary, and it's Eugene Peterson's, and it's called... Along, Etta likes this book. The name of this book is Along Obedience in the Same Direction, and I felt it was really important to speak that out because this is our journey. When we walk with Christ, that's really what we're up for. We're up for along obedience in the same direction. And, um, yeah, all of community gets to go with us or not. I mean, we're always choosing He writes something right in the beginning. This is the 20th anniversary edition of this particular uh, book. And he writes something right in the beginning where he says, God doesn't change. 
He seeks and he saves. And our response to God as he reveals himself in Jesus doesn't change. We listen and we follow, or we don't. Amen. We listen and we follow, or we don't. Always there is an invitation. This morning, the invitation is to play and to happiness. So let's get started with that. You guys know me all well enough, and if you don't, you should, that if I don't have notes, I will, like, take you outside and we'll get on a bus together. <laughs> and it will be a mess. So, so I try to stick to my notes. <laughs> I'm going to begin with quoting verse 15 from Psalm 144, which is not a psalm of ascent, by the way, but it says this, Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Um, that actually makes me think of an old song, wherever you are, Jason. Happy, 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 happy are the people whose God is the Lord, right? Isn't that a song we used to sing? I remember hating that song when we sang it. You know, some, some I don't know, some praise songs don't stick with you. But this came up in my brain at about 3 a.m. this morning, so I typed it here on my paper because the invitation today is to see that red thread of happiness and joy and playfulness that actually gets to live inside us as we are followers of Christ, as we acknowledge that God, Jesus, is Lord. Play can feel silly, unproductive, and time-consuming. And that is precisely the point of play. Mr. Rogers, one of our heroes of the faith, he says this about play. He says, it's the work of the children. So let me start with saying that everybody in this room is a child. Each and every one of us, we are children of Father God. He loves us. He loves that we are his children. He delights in us. In fact, we make him happy. And there's so many biblical places I could go to to share that with you, but again, they only gave me 20 minutes, not a week. So children, though, they take the work of play very seriously. They're good at it. They know that what play promotes is more play. Actually, our children, if we have them, our nieces and nephews, our neighbor kids, even now can be teaching us something that we really need to know about play, especially in a season of pandemic, of churches closed, of wearing masks we may or may not want to wear, of just all of the, all of the binary stuff of life that we encounter on a daily basis. Let's play. <laughs> That's the invitation. One way to think about play is it's an action that brings no result at all. How many of you guys like that? I see no hands. Because we live in a society that really tells us that everything should have a result. How many times do we ride a bike just to ride the bike? Most often we ride it because we need to lose five pounds or because we know it's good for our heart. But what if we just rode the bike for the sake of the wind you know, going through our hair. Or even the way it feels when I turn a corner and I hit a rut and I fall down. There's something that only a bike can do that for me. And it's kind of fun in the, weird, in the weirdest way. 
There's a guy, his name is Jeff Harry, and listen to what he does for a living. He's a positive play coach. That's a job. That could... And he says, a lot of us do everything hoping for a result. It's always, what am I getting out of this? That is Western way of thinking about everything that we do. But play has no result. So we're going to talk about it a little more. We're going to talk about happiness in the midst of this real life, the one that hurts my body and my knees. A lot of you know that I'm going to have knee surgery. If you're wondering why I limp, <laughs> yeah, because I'm old and I need knee surgery. And <laughs> along with that, it's like, are you, how do you play then? What, what am I going to do for play? Well, John and I actually do play dominoes on a pretty regular basis. We also fight during dominoes, which is a part of play if you watch children. It's a part of the joy of it all, is that argument, that bickering back and forth, that I'll harass you if you'll harass me, right? He's looking at me like, you always do this. Yeah, I do. So when I walk, I limp. And I need to have an operation that I don't want to have. And in the midst of it all, can I be happy and playful? I think yes. I think I can. And I think you can too. In whatever uh, circumstance, whatever life situation, whatever time crunch, whatever work stress you find yourselves in. As Christians, we walk with Jesus. And he does not limp. Walking with Jesus is a good life. In fact, I'm going to say it's the good life. And even when it's painful and even when it hurts, it also includes like these series of blessings, which we're going to see when we get to that psalm that I'm going to talk about, that I'm already talking about, really. Um, but blessings and happiness and playfulness don't come without sorrow. And sorrow is so appropriate all at the same time, again, one hand and the other. Eugene Peterson says that that kind of life, because he entitled the entire chapter for Psalm 128 as happiness. He said that kind of life is the life that is brimming with life. And I don't know about you guys, but I want to be wholly alive, and I think I just make up that that's what we want to be together. So I don't know, how many of you have seen The Chosen? It's a series about Jesus. We're going to play a little clip from it right now. And um, I'm going to ask that we turn off the lights, but just watch it. And it's got subtitles, so hopefully it's a little dark. But Fish, wine, what will be next? Any suggestions? Anything and everything. Let's do this. I'll go with you to the ends of the earth. I hope so, Simon. But I seem to remember there was a problem. Something about Andrew's feet. Andrew's feet. But first we must evaluate, no? No, 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 I can't. I think we have to. No, 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 I can't. Oh, I can't. Oh, I can't. Oh, I can't. 
see what I cannot do. This is an amazing series about the life of Jesus and his disciples. And while there's a lot of poetic license, it fills in where scripture ends. The theology is great. It's amazing. I think you will not be disappointed. But what is Jesus doing here? He's having a party. He's happy. He's dancing. He's making fun of Simon and Andrew. And uh, you didn't hear the... Well, because we didn't want to play this for forever, you guys. But you didn't hear the part where he's saying, uh, he's talking about how he dances like a donkey, but uh, he, he, they're making fun of each other. They're happy. They're playful. This is Jesus. And we see that throughout Scripture, that this is the God that we serve. We serve a God of joy and happiness. And there's so much Scripture that backs that up. And, uh, yep, you guys, notice just how much he laughs. So I used to live in Alhambra, and there was this park right at the end of my street called Granada Park. And as often as I could, I would just run down to the end of the street because right there, when you hopped into the park at the end of my street, was this big round merry-go-round and I could run towards it, up the steps, run around it like once or twice, make it go as fast as I possibly could, and all by myself, I would hop on, and I would hold on to one of the little, I don't know what it was, railings that came out, and I did, no one had to be with me at all to do this, and then I would throw my head back, and I would get really dizzy, and I would spin, and I would laugh, and it was one of the most amazingly happy joyful, playful places that I found myself. And that place of happiness sustained me through so much sorrow in the life of my family. And again, the invitation today is to happiness and to playfulness in the midst of our lives, in the midst of the places that we find ourselves. When each of my children were born, well, two of them I didn't give birth to because they're adopted, but the other four, uh, each time I cried for happy. Such pain, such joy, such happiness, all mixed together. Currently, I'm on a McDonald's ice cream cone kick. And whenever, because John, who is dairy-free, will drive through McDonald's with me, and as he hands me the ice cream cone, and I take that first lick, I'm so happy. <laughs> ice cream cones, merry-go-rounds, the birth of babies, weddings, teasing one another. <laughs> Happiness, joy, life with Jesus. How do you play? How do you have fun? What makes you happy? There's a guy, Bill Gaultier, he is actually a spiritual director, and he asks this question, do you know how to have fun with Jesus? This is an important question, he says, because play rejuvenates. It helps us bond with people that we love. I think that's what Jesus was doing in this clip. He was bonding with his disciples, which is also who we are. We're his children, and we're his disciples. 
it protects us from burnout, and there's actual, there's actual statistics to prove that, that when we play, we burn out much less often and much less deeply. The burn isn't quite as deep. And like many of us, Jesus' disciples, they didn't get him at first. They didn't understand his playfulness. Maybe we don't yet either. Uh, I think I'm still learning about it. Remember what the disciples were doing? They were shooing away the children because they thought that Jesus' work was too important. He was too busy. But Jesus rebukes the disciples and he says, let the children come to me. That's another invitation to us. Let the children come to me. Don't hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to us, to them, to the children. And then he says, I tell you the truth. If you will not receive the kingdom of God like a child, you'll never even enter it. And that's Mark 10. So we are the children of God and we play And guess what Jesus did in the next verse? This is now going to be Mark 10, verse 16. He opened his arms and he played with the children. Also in John 15, 11, it says, I have told you this to make you, and this is Jesus speaking, as completely happy as I am. So the invitation to be happy, to play, to become children of God, to own that that's who we are, to understand that we're his disciples. But the invitation is also to see God as bigger than we've ever seen him before. And I would say we need to see him as bigger than we can possibly contain. Because I I always want God to fit into my box. I want God to look like the God I want him to be, not the God that he actually is. Um, we're going to now read our text. And by the way, because it's a psalm, that means that it's a song, and that means that people sang it. You can go ahead and put that slide up for Psalm 128. Happy are those who respect the Lord and obey him. You will enjoy what you work for, and you will be blessed with good things. Your wife will give you many children, like a vine that produces much fruit. Your children will bring you much good like olive branches that produce many olives. This is how the man who respects the Lord or woman who respects the Lord will be blessed. So there's a lot of conversation here about what it would look like to be happy as a Jewish male. But we need to like move that aside a little bit and take this psalm on for ourselves. Because what does it look like for us? And what does God want, better yet, for us? Because the psalm is very consistent with Hebrew culture at the time that the psalm was written. Um, Some versions, even in that first verse, rather than happy are those who respect, it says fear the Lord. And what does that really mean? Even the word respect, I think, is really a little harsh because we're talking about the character of God. We're talking about who God is. And the biggest feeling word that I know when I read scripture from beginning to end, the meta-narrative of scripture is that God is not to be feared. He is to be loved. 
And if he is God the Father and I am his child, in the same way that I want to honor and obey those that I love because I know they love me, they have my best interests at heart, that's what I want to do with God. So maybe fear the Lord means respond to how much you are loved. He calls each of us beloved children. So, he is the father and the mother who calls their children beloved. And when we know how much we're loved, and I don't know about you guys, I don't always know. Sometimes I just um, accept it because I know it's supposed to be true. But then there are other times when I do know. And again, uh, there's a lot to this, but family of origin stories and what we do with love anyway really gets in the way with us and God. And this is another part of the invitation. Know me more. Know me deeper. Know me more as your father, as your mother, as all the things that you would need this God who loves you like crazy to be for you. Eugene Peterson says again about this particular psalm that um, this is only an example of what we need that we don't have to reproduce. This is not about getting married and having a lot of children. So it is certain, it is a certainty. This is a quote from St. Augustine. It is a certainty that all people want to be happy. And happiness is really weird because it's contagious. We get to give it away. We get to share it with others. We get to um, delight in life when we are happy. And we've already talked about the paradox that happiness and play are not determined by the circumstances of life or even our health or whatever is going on. In the midst of every difficulty, we get to contend, to battle for our happiness. And play is actually one of the weapons that we can use to do that. We Christians, I love that. We Christians often think that if the choice is between happiness and goodness, that we're supposed to choose goodness and leave happiness. But I think there is a genuine Christian theology of happiness that recognizes that there really is no happiness apart from goodness. So that is definitely a piece of the equation that I'm bringing to you us today. Our goodness can never be the basis of our happiness because we're really never that good anyway. And our happiness must be in God. But pursuing goodness makes us happier people. Does that all make sense? That's another one of those crazy paradoxical things. And our happiness, especially our happiness in a pandemic era, in a contentious era, this is actually a gift that we get to give to each other in community, but also to those who aren't a part of our community, to the people at the grocery store, to the people that we work with. What if we really are happy, happy, happy because we really are the children whose God is mother and father and everything that we need and we really know that we're loved like crazy. 
Uh, there's a crazy little parable uh, in Matthew and also in Luke. And it's, um, it's about play. And I never even knew it was there until I did some research for this teaching today. And I'm going to read to you guys from uh, Matthew 11. And it says, What can I say about the people of this time? What are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace who call out to each other. We played music for you, but you didn't dance. We sang a sad song, but you did not cry. John came, and here he's referring to John the Baptist. John came and did not eat or drink like other people, so people say he has a demon. The Son of Man came, eating and drinking, and people say, look at him. He eats too much and drinks too much wine, and he is a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Wisdom is proved to be right by what she does. Uh, In Luke, the ending is a little different. It says, wisdom is proved to be right by what the children do. And notice, notice the possibility to choose here. And again, notice the invitation. I think the invitation is for us today. Are we going to dance? And are we going to mourn? Because you know, they, they're both equally a part of life. There's a time when we don't eat, and there's a time when we celebrate and drink wine and dance and tell jokes and stories. Two hands. Um, There's a guy named Alan Culpepper, and he summarized the parable in this way. This announcement of the kingdom did not fulfill the expectation that others had for the fulfillment of God's promises. So people sat on the sidelines and they refused to join in the game. In other words, they refused to play. Earlier in this series, Ryan spoke about participation as the doorway to gladness. Last week, Alvia talked to us about joy. Today, the psalm ascends again. Can we imagine the worshipers going up the steps of the temple? This is step number nine in the Psalms of Ascent. They're pretty high up there. They're almost there. They're singing this song. Play, happiness, is part of our worship because we are children of God. Matthew connects Jesus and his deeds to divine wisdom. Listen to that. Playing and being happy can actually equal wisdom. Um, The parable also reinforces the teaching that Jesus is the one who brings laughter out of mourning or even laughter in the midst of mourning. And yesterday we were at the New Hope Grief Communities uh, basically family camp and the families were there because they had lost family members it was a it was a memorial of sorts but you guys there was so much laughing there was so much play there was so much creativity and there was also mourning and there was also sadness but one did not overtake the other they balanced so beautifully together And that was my takeaway from last night.
was this balance, this, this beauty of being able to laugh in the midst of mourning someone that we loved very, very much. Um, I talked to you about dominoes, but there's another way that I play, and that's when I cook. And on Sunday afternoons, after whatever church meetings, whatever is over, I go home and I put on an apron and I take off my shoes. And I usually get whatever I'm wearing dirty anyway. But I cook. And almost always, I'm cooking something I've never cooked before because that, for me, is really exciting. And that is, that is play for me. And then there is the celebration as my family comes and eats with us. Um, and, and there's happiness that is throughout that. Think about all the ways that you play. And put them, like in, put them in their respective categories for real and understand that that is meant to be a part of our life with Jesus Christ. I think that when I cook, Jesus is pleased. I know that's so wild. That's a uh, d- direct reference to Eric Liddell and his running. When he runs, you know, he feels God's pleasure. Actually, when I cook, I feel God's pleasure. Actually, when I beat you at dominoes. <laughs> the invitation this morning is to happiness. The invitation is to joy, to participation, to play in the midst of all of life. And the invitation is to make God so much bigger than he's ever been before and to go, oh my gosh, wow, is that you, God? Is that you? Is that you who actually likes this crazy game I'm playing right now, this, this exercise that it feels like play to me, this cooking venture, this music I'm listening to? Um, could this be play and could this be you, God? So as we end, I'm going to invite the, those that are serving communion to come forward and the band, and Jason's going to play a little softly as we take communion together. And as you know, we've been doing this weekly, and I do want to say that we do have uh, wine that is real in that little cup that you can dip bread into, and on the end there is a little packaged grape juice and a wafer, so you choose what you want to take. But when you take communion this morning, come on forward, Lolita. When you take communion this morning, consider the God of the dance, the God who turns water into wine, who jokes and teases with people that he loves and what he might be saying to you in this beautiful spiritual exchange that we get to have every time that we take communion. And I also, maybe you're needing some prayer this morning. Um, Maybe you're needing direction. Maybe you just need to hear from God. Maybe you need to repent of not having played in a really long time. Maybe pandemic has held you that tightly. So our prayer team is coming forward, and It's uh, right after you take communion and you need prayer. There it is, available for each and every one of us. So Jesus, Jesus, you are a bigger God than we, than I could ever possibly imagine. And I pray that these words today would be received, Lord, because I really believe that you're speaking them to your church. 
and that we can be a people of the way because our way is different than the way of the world and that we can actually choose to play and be happy in the midst of the circumstances of life. May that be who we are. We pray in your name. Amen.